Hey everyone, it's Kiddush Club. We're back, and uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard this voice many times in social media. <laughs> I cannot believe that uh, your voice has been heard by like tens of millions. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. And, and that's it the, was... the best you could hope for, technically, because you know you, you don't put out the video. So the best you could hope for is just to have some vocal recognition among tens of millions of people. It, it's really crazy how viral it went. So uh, in case you don't know what we're talking about, Epis 105, we had Elon Levy, and uh, it was a great interview. And I started it off by asking him about his accent because he speaks with a British accent. And he did an impersonation of an Israeli speaking English with an Israeli accent. It's really hysterical. Go back, Epis 105, go listen to it. And so that just went viral. And I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. It was on, uh, there was a whole segment, and we'll include this in the WhatsApp, on uh, Keshet 12 in Israel, where they asked him about it, where like, you know, like oh, you're making fun of us? And uh, it was it was really, really good. Um, he, here's what it sounded like. Let me play it for you. <laughs> you don't sound like a stereotypical Israeli. Where do you hail from? Yeah, I don't uh, sound uh, like a typical Israeli. Well done. Uh, <laughs> what did you do in English? I'm going to English. What that's actually the first time that I saw it. Like, I know you sent it to me, but I didn't get a chance to actually, like, watch it, watch it. And that is, that is hysterical. It's hysterical. I, I guess because nobody saw, you know, he's always so serious. And nobody sees that side of him. And even us, when he started off the interview like that, we were just hysterical laughing. Totally no, I unexpected. Was, I was completely caught off guard, which is why I was laughing. I was like, I couldn't believe that, that he's doing this. And it was great. Absolutely great. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the big news right now uh, that everybody's talking about, obviously, is the hostages. Um, Baruch Hashem, we've gotten over 50 hostages back at this point. Uh, the ceasefire, as we go to press, is continuing. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know how many people are going to be released. Um, regardless of where you stand politically, we all agree that, Baruch Hashem, every hostage that we get back is uh, just uh, something to celebrate. There's no doubt, of course. We, 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 and I think that's for us. I think that's for the whole Jewish world. Everybody wants every single hostage back. I don't know that that's going to happen. Like, we're praying that it should. Uh, I know that there's reports that the Bibas are, are not alive. I, I, it's, it's, that's yeah, what's coming I, out but now. But you know what? But you know what? They've they've said this before about other hostages where they said that they weren't alive, and then it turned out they were. Uh, I think that they've lost track of a lot of the hostages. I How could that be? How could that possibly be? Like why? these we know, are. We know that some civilians took hostages. How about that? Some civilians came in and and did atrocities and took hostages. Hamas wasn't fully in control. They don't want to say that, so they have to say other excuses because it makes them look bad if they say that they lost control. But everybody. Um, noticed at the at the very beginning, like I'm talking about October 8th and October 9th, everybody was thinking about these two redheaded children. Yes, they're that, so. I mean, distinct. Yeah, they're so, they're noticeable so distinct, and distinct, right? Yeah. And everyone's like, "We need those kids back. Like, we need them back." 
because you know youngest hostage and uh, it's just heartbreaking and heart-wrenching and you know something about their distinctiveness is uh you know it just it, it it's horrible it's it brings it to to the forefront but i'm sure you saw the this other video that that has gone viral um hostage ramon kirscht and you know where she's she's being taken out of a car and she gives what the new york post is calling a death stare to a hamas uh terrorist uh Baruch Hashem, she's out. I saw the video. Very exciting. Am I the only one who doesn't see the death stare? <laughs> you must be, because the minute you see it, it's like she looks him square in the eyes. No fear. I mean, if you look at a still picture, okay. But if you watch the video, it looks like she's just talking to him, and she's like, okay, yeah. She's And she seems just like she's being super polite. I, I don't see the death stare. And... Uh, I know everybody's going crazy about it, and I, I want to. I want. I want to go crazy. I want to feel like everybody else. I saw it the minute I saw that video. I said, "Wow, good for her. She's not backing down. She's not cowering." And you know, nobody could blame her if she did. And there's another thing that that the whole media is doing is analyzing these handoff videos and saying, like, there was a, a different young girl. Who was yes. looking at the Hamas, uh, the Hamas terrorist, and 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 people are coming out with videos like, oh, the eyes don't lie. Look, yes, she no. re- she loves that guy. Oh no, it's like, it's it's worse than that. It's worse than that. Uh, it, th- there was there was a video that came out of uh, some Arab media company that took the video of her and they they put like music and they put hearts to imply that she was like in love with her terrorist. And it's it's just so disgusting. That yeah, it's I, despicable. the 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 notion is despicable. But not only that. Let let's even say like there is such a thing as Stockholm syndrome, right? Yes. yes. So so and it's not like you know they weren't there for a month plus fifty days, almost two months. So it's that's a very real possibility. I doubt that right. that's the case. Because they were not kept in like good conditions, they were kept in the dark. A lot of them had to do well, eye tests. Well, no, just- Stockholm syndrome can 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 come even from that. Basically, Stockholm Stockholm syndrome, for those who don't know, is where the victim ends up uh, empathizing with their uh, aggressor or captor. Basically, when you're living at the will of someone else, where they're the ones who basically decide everything for you if you can eat when you can eat go to the bathroom go to sleep etc 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 you end up creating this uh i don't know if you want to say connection with them uh you know very famously there was a famous american when patty hearst she's the granddaughter uh in the, the hearst family a very wealthy publishing family she was kidnapped by the symbionese liberation army which was really just a bunch of terrorists and she ends up after a while, she ended up joining their group, the SLA, and she joined them for an attempted bank robbery. So we know that this can happen to people. So at most, that's what it is. But if you just watch the video again, I, my reaction to this video was the same as my reaction to the other video, which is it just looks like her, you know, being a human being and saying, okay, bye. Uh, if somebody says goodbye, I, I'm not going to spit on him. He's holding an AK-47. You know what I mean? Like yeah, what exactly. did you what did you want her to do? Right, <laughs> you know? just get me out of here. I'll be as nice yeah. as you want until I'm back in my home. 
And, you know? and there's there's reports that they were that they were beating some of the kids that they threatened them that if you cry they held guns to their heads. Um, we know also there was threats. They threatened some of the young kids saying, "If you say anything bad, we know where you live. We're going to come get you. If you tell them where we live, where we are, and where we kept you, we're going to come after you." You know, th- this is pretty scary, by the way. You know, if somebody yeah. did that to me. God forbid. I would also be smiling and saying, "Oh, thank you so much. Get me out of here." Yeah, I, I think it's coming to light that Hamas is actually the monsters that we thought that they were. So, you know, all these hostages have to be debriefed, and I'm sure that they are not supposed to or allowed to speak to the media. You know, those are things that are going to come out uh, in many months or maybe many years where the hostages will be allowed to recount and tell their own stories. And just the number of documentaries and books and and media that's going to come out just from this and just from the hostages, right? Like this whole story is going to be told in great detail one day in the future. But just the hostages' viewpoint, each one, each person is going to have their own story to tell. And, you know, it may be a a long while from now until we're able to, to see some of that. For sure. It's just too soon. Um, in other in other news, uh, just you know, quickly covering some of the other major things going on in and around Israel, it was nice to see there was an article on Yeshiva World of a shul that the IDF has made inside of Gaza. Did you see that one? I saw pictures of a place with the that they're praying. So you know that's yeah, but it, they even and will include uh, images for this. Uh, it includes like a schedule that says you know the times of of tefillah. <laughs> like there's there's signs. They set up chairs. Um, they have a they have you know they put a cafeteria there. So you know it's 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 heartwarming. It's it's sad. It's scary and all those things. But it's also nice. Uh, I'm wondering if there's politics in this uh, in this shul yet, or are they still? <laughs> you know, because you know it's just a matter of time till they open up a second shul right next door in Gaza. A competing shul. For we sure. don't like those guys. They talk too much. They talk during Tyra. We're, we're going to have a no-talking shul. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's only a matter of time before it's, you know, two Jews, three shuls. You know how it goes. For sure. This is the shul, and this is the shul we used to go to. Right. Um, also in the news, the son of Hamas, who we've been covering, who's been, you know, very uh, pro-attacking Hamas, he's Mossab Hassan Yusuf, and he's the son of Sheikh Hassan Yusuf. Uh, one of the founders of Hamas, he has come out and said that he gives Israel permission to kill his father. If they don't give back all the hostages, he says, go in and I give you permission. to." Not that they needed his permission. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'm wondering, like, were they waiting for that? Were they like, well, uh, all units who have the green light to take out the, the father uh, of the green prince. You know, that's what they used to call him, right? Yes, he was the Green Prince. Yeah. His code name while he was working undercover was the Green Prince. Yes. Which I, which I presume is because of the green color of of Hamas uh, headgear. Yes, yes. But did you know, how about this one? I'm sure you've seen all of these posters and everything for for the constant protests. Have you noticed the watermelon and the watermelon emojis on everything? I, I noticed... There was like a sign that said from the river to the sea made out of watermelons. Yes. What's that so, about? Right. I, I, you know, it, it's one of those things that you just don't, you don't focus on, but it keeps happening. Eventually, I saw a, a, a poster uh, for the protest that they're going to be having at Rockefeller Center 
for the lighting of the uh, holiday tree. And it was big, you know, it was a big watermelon. And at that point I was like, okay, okay, what's the deal with the watermelon? So they said it dates back to, I think the seventies or so, because the watermelon, when you have that slice of watermelon, it has all of the colors of the Palestinian flag. So it dates back to a time where allegedly it was illegal to show the Palestinian flag, the Palestinian flag that we know with the, with, you know, with the, the triangle and uh, red, white, black, green. And uh, so they were putting up watermelon, pictures of watermelon to symbolize their flag. Kind of like when how was, we do the Haftarah. Yeah, but when was that illegal? I think it was after the, the 67 war. I believe it was sometime then. So in Israel, it would have been illegal. So they put up watermelons and way to ruin the fruit for me. Thanks. <laughs> exactly. No more watermelons for us. <laughs> but 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 you mentioned the, the, the tree lighting. They have very big plans to protest the lighting of the holiday tree by Rockefeller Center. Yes. And the NYPD has released a uh, alert to NYPD saying, you know, be prepared for potential terrorism, which is pretty crazy. Well, you know how they get. They're not exactly peaceful protesters. No, they, they... they are. Mostly peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get wild up in there. Yeah. Also uh, in the news, we, we discussed this offline, is that video, we don't know if it's real, but we talked a little bit about it, but there's video that claims to show Israel using the iron beam to take down rockets. And the iron beam, for those who don't know, is a laser that... Uh, supposedly will be able to knock out projectiles from the air, uh, costing, instead of the $50,000 per rocket, it will cost, you know, like $10 or something, some ridiculous number. No, I and, think it's like, it's more, it's closer to $3. Right. Just to run the laser, just to hit the missile, we're going from fifty dollars or $60,000 each to about $3 a pop. And as a Jew, that excites me. <laughs> your juice sense is tingling now exactly that that kind of savings no for me i like it because then the uh israelis don't won't depend on raytheon or anyone else to supply them with the iron dome missiles because we know that th it's limited right they, they need them they're running low on them and so this is much better but not only for that reason but you know iron dome has a great success rate but it's not 100%. There right. are missiles, there are projectiles that get through. And here, I feel like, A, it's going to be way more accurate. And B, even if it, even if you, like, if you miss, like, you can take a couple of shots with a laser, right? Right. They're not expected <laughs> to miss. Like, like, if they don't hit it the well, first time. Well, it moves time, at the speed of light. So it's not like you have to calculate the trajectory of a rocket. You're shooting this laser and it's moving at the speed of light, so it's instantaneous, right? Right, right. If it, you know, if and if you miss, you just try again. You know, you've exactly. got some time. Uh, also, big in the news, we have to talk about this, and I'm still getting hammered for my stance on Elon Musk. Oh yeah. Uh, and so I'm back to clarify <laughs> a third time. I'm going to clarify a third time. So first of all, uh, if you didn't listen to the previous episodes, I had called out Musk for retweeting and commenting on a anti-Semitic tweet, and I put him on our anti-Semitic spectrum. I don't remember what we gave him. What did I give him, like a four? You gave him a five. I, I remember a five? clearly because oh, I okay. didn't agree with you. Okay, right. And, and I said and Tucker, now, I think, was a six. Six plus. 
six plus. Yeah, I would put Tucker even at a seven. Oh wow! Yeah, people I'm not very... happy with that either. By the way, people are I know. not happy. I know, but but but, but, but the nobody... Musk thing is crazy. Okay, I'm getting so, killed. So... I'm getting hammered. Well, of course you are. Tucker number one did not visit Israel, but but Elon Musk went to Israel, met with the prime minister, met with the president, met with generals sat down and looked at the 45-minute video of the atrocities committed by Hamas. He was very sympathetic to the cause. Don't tell me that this guy is a five on your anti-Semite spectrum. It's just not happening. Okay, so I'm going to say like this, okay? He did make some tshuva by doing this. He obviously did this because of the fact that he was being called an anti-Semite. He did. Yes, and he tweeted, he said, actions speak louder than words. Yes, exactly. And I give him credit for it. He didn't have to do it, and he did it. Uh, I think that's a form of tshuva, and I think people could make mistakes and make tshuva. He obviously is making tshuva because he did something wrong. We can all agree on that. So I also want to clarify. So, so there are a lot of people who aren't necessarily what we would call anti-Semites, but they harbor anti-Semitic feelings. I mean, that might even be said about us, right? I mean, when we when we say something negative, right? In other words, a person, they're not like an anti-Semite by the traditional meaning of the word. But if you ask them, hey, do you think like Jews, like Joe Rogan, remember that Joe Rogan interview where he was saying, yeah, well, Jews, you know, obviously Jews all control Hollywood. That's known. It's not a big deal to say that. So that is an anti-Semitic feeling. It doesn't make the person an anti-Semite. Like, I don't think Joe Rogan's an anti-Semite, but what he said was anti-Semitic. So I'm going to okay. maybe shift Elon into that bucket. He, he's not an anti-Semite, but he definitely, he, he hangs out with, with anti-Semites online. He does follow these people. And he does easily get caught up in anti-Semitic rhetoric. And it's, it's definitely not a good thing. So he's not getting, he's not going off of my spectrum. He's not going off. He's not a five. He made Truva. I'm bringing him down to a number two, and I'm bringing, I'm bringing Bernie Sanders. I'm bumping him up. <laughs> he was a number one. I'm bumping him up to number three because he's now regurgitating the claim that Israel, you know, the genocide and the thing, and they have to stop and ceasefire, yada yada. He go he goes up to a number three now. And also okay, because so, you we are, him. so just to clarify, you're separating anti-Semites from anti-Semitic behavior. Yes. So you can have an anti-Semite strike that doesn't make you an anti-Semite. Enough strikes will make you an anti-Semite. Right. Obviously. Right. Now Elon has more than three strikes, so he, does he? is on. Yes. Yes. He does. I mean, we mentioned one in in in, a, in you know in a previous episode where he retweeted something or said you're saying the actual truth. That okay, was the bad. That was the worst strike. one. That's yes. a strike. I don't know of like obviously I don't follow all his comments, retweets, and behaviors, but like I would say that would that could be an anti-Semitic strike. But he is not an anti-Semite. I'm very comfortable with that. Because it should take, you know, it does take. But he, but quite, he, but he. It's not three. Fine, but he's still on here. the spectrum. He's still on the spectrum. He's still on the spectrum. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so he made a mistake. He repented for that mistake, right? He 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 walked it back. He went to Israel. I mean, that's a very big, like he could have just apologized in a, in another tweet, but he didn't. He actually got on a plane, went to Israel, spent the day with them, and then also didn't go visit Gaza. Right. So that's that's very well, very strong. Well, no, there's back. even a bigger bigger 
the biggest news to come out was that he walked back. He So he had been saying that he was going to give Starlink to humanitarian organizations inside of Gaza. Starlink is his uh, worldwide internet access that he famously has been giving to Ukraine to fight Russia when they knocked out internet. He said he was going to be giving it to Gaza, to humanitarian organizations. Israel vehemently objected and they requested that he not give it and he said he's not going to give it now so he's that is even, also a, a yeah, big step big, big step big big okay okay we, we give him a two he's not going to be a one he's a two okay i just like i want you to just have a clarity in in what he is he's not an anti-semite he may have done look he's on a global scale you know your neighbor could be doing the same thing but you would never know about it true true right but they, they would be on the spectrum but I also wanted to say, by the way, I think it's time that we make a pro-Semite spectrum. Fair. Fair? Okay. So, and I'm going to start off with a number 10. I'm awarding a number 10 to none other than, you know who? Tell me. John Fetterman. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have to give it to you, too. Right? Yeah. He's got pictures of the hostages in his office and as they get released, he takes the pictures off and puts them on the released wall. Like that's more than any of us are doing. He's right. more pro-Semite than we are at this point. Right. We should be doing that, right? We yeah. should have uh, pictures up and just as they're released, we put them on the released wall. And then we know exactly how many are left and we're praying for them and, and, and hoping for them. Isn't that amazing? I don't know. If, I, I haven't seen any tweet or, or anything online of any Jewish organization that's doing that. I'm sure there are. But for him, and especially that he's a progressive and he's getting attacked from his own party, for him to be doing this, it we, we are declaring a John making fun of John Fetterman hiatus for the rest <laughs> of this year. <laughs> this man, he is something special. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because we're doing a lot of walkbacks. This may be the walkback episode. Yeah, <laughs> we'll call it that. <laughs> also in major news, I mean, the whole world is, I mean, it's crazy. It must be the times of Mashiach. I mean, you know, I, I don't remember where, but I think it's a medrash or something that says at the times of the Mashiach, um, Esav is going to be fighting with Ishmael. And I think that we're starting to see that, right? So I'm sure you saw uh, Geert Wilders, right? He is famous Dutch parliamentarian. He's started this party called the Party of Freedom. Freedom. I'm sure you heard of him, right? I, he's not familiar to me. He, he's been, for years and years, he's a very edgy politician. He's been in the news for some of the things he says. Uh, he basically is, he wants to, you know, he said things like, we need to ban all Muslims from the Netherlands. We need to deport all Muslims. Islam is bad. He recently tweeted, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria are all Israel. The homeland of the Palestinian people is the kingdom of Jordan. Hashtag Jordan is Palestine. This guy just won the majority vote in the Netherlands. This fringe guy, I think he was even in jail at one time. They call him the Dutch Donald Trump. He won a majority. He still has the form. I mean, they have a parliamentary system, so he has to form a majority government in order to become prime minister. But the fact that he won, there's something going on in Europe. 
I mean, I think people see what's going on in Europe. I mean, he sounds like he's very right wing, right? Very. Like, yeah. I mean, you you can't just say Islam is bad. You you can't do that because it's just it's a religion, and there are people that are practice it peacefully, right? There right. are people out there that practice peacefully and are and and, and are on the side of just humanity, right? right? They just want peace. They just they're not interested in the conflict. They're not interested in, in in the claims and who has what. Just give us peace. You know, there's a way to live in peace. You can you could not hate the guy next door to you and just live together. That's what most people want. I think that's more middle of the road. Um, we're seeing more of these Donald Trump esque type of politicians like we see in Javier Millet. And right and, Right. That's another We're, one. That's another right. one. I'm sure but you in saw Europe, in Europe at large. You can't deny the the reality that it's becoming more and more extreme um, Muslim populated. Yes, and you know, crime has gone up. I mean, they're bringing in people who really just aren't of the same culture. And you know, if you want to live under Sharia law, there's plenty of options for you. Go go pick a country, and 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 go live there. Yeah, but if you want Iran to live in London, mind. yeah, there's plenty of them. Go, and I'm sure you saw that Javier, our friend Javier, he went to go visit. He came to New York. He met with Bill Clinton, but he also visited the all hell. That's right. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. And he confirmed. Uh, I saw it in a tweet from Chabad where he confirmed to one of the shlichim that he plans to convert. He doubled down on it which is it's a little crazy it's wild because and there's also nothing anyone can do he's already president-elect there's like he won the election and then he announced that he's going to convert so yeah. that's too that's late. crazy <laughs> <laughs> he pranked all of them <laughs> exactly that's the biggest troll i've ever seen oh he trolled him he trolled him and good also in europe uh your your buddy conor mcgregor he came my out of buddy nowhere. he's your buddy <laughs> <laughs> So who is he? Who's Conor McGregor? So he's a, a UFC fighter, um, mixed martial artist. He's he's a super outspoken person, and that's why he became so popular because he he knows how to trash talk. He knows how to to he has this confidence. That's what it is. He talks with a lot of confidence, and that's what made him big in the UFC. He even uh, had a fight with Floyd Mayweather who is undefeated and remains undefeated. He obviously didn't win that one. But you have to understand, having a fight with Floyd Mayweather, you know, you get paid in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Really? I believe that that's, that's the number. Because, again, it's watched worldwide. It's a pay-per-view event, and they make so much money that they pay the fighters really well. And it's my understanding that he's like an Irish hero. Like, he is probably the most famous Irish person and he in his home country, he's like, you know, he's just the top. It's like saying Michael Jordan in, in the United States. No, Michael Jordan used to be. 100%. He is, you know, their number one guy. But the actual government of Ireland does not like him. Right. They, they've actually threatened to jail him. And, and uh, so this whole thing started when the prime minister of Ireland, Leo Varadkar, released a statement after Emily Hand was released and his uh, his tweet said, this is a day of enorm an enormous joy and relief for Emily Hand and her family. An innocent child was lost, who was lost, has now been found and returned. And our country breathes a massive sigh of relief. Our prayers have been answered. 
So he said, Emily Hand was lost and now she's been found. He responded and wrote the following. She was abducted by an evil terrorist organization. What is with you and your government and your paid-for media affiliates constantly downplaying slash attempting to repress horrific acts that happen to children? You are a disgrace. The day after a stabbing of children in Ireland, not one paper had it on their front cover. We will not forget. So first of all, Conor McGregor, he's on the spectrum. I'm giving <laughs> Conor McGregor... Pro-Semite marks. He's on the pro-Semite. I mean, look, I think I'm going to give him a five because he's a he's a nationalist and he's a brother in arms. He's not John Fetterman, but he's but pretty big of him to, to, to step up. So he gets a five. I can agree with that score. I think, but also a lot of people called out that tweet, right? Yes, yes. But again, the people who called it out were people you'd expect to call it out. No one expects Conor McGregor to come out punching and, you know, on behalf of, of Israel and on behalf of Jews. So, bravo. And speaking of UFC fighters, <laughs> let's digress for a minute. This is a story coming out of India. Uh, a woman in a shocking incident, a 36-year-old man, died after he was punched on the nose by his wife after he refused to take her to Dubai, Dubai for her birthday celebration. I think all of us can like relate to that story. That's exactly why I brought it up. <laughs> I have been asked to go to Dubai several times already. Thank God it has, not, it has not turned violent. But also, if you get punched in the nose, maybe you might have had a pre-existing condition. Well, also, I mean... You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not supposed to die if you get punched in the nose. Well, it depends. You don't know what his wife looked like. Maybe she looked like Conor McGregor. <laughs> she, she could have been Irish. <laughs> or go on to Dubai. And the poor guy was probably like, but I told you, we cannot afford it right now. <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah, we, I, I definitely, we, we all commiserate here. We, we've all been in that position, especially with Dubai. I don't know what the big deal is. Uh, do, you, do you want to go to Dubai? Um, I do want to see that part of the world. I want to see that culture. It's something that is completely foreign to us, right? You know, they don't allow outsiders. They don't allow them to live there. Right. That's what I'm saying. They no, don't allow... you, you, no, no, you can. You could be a citizen. I think you have to have like $10 million to become a citizen. Yeah. I need to see that, that place. I need yeah. to see what goes down in Dubai. So also, I, I, you know, we just finished uh, Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and we've covered this on the cast before, and that is the ridiculous reviews that appear on Amazon. You know, we've talked about it, how people write these ridiculous reviews for real products, but the reviews are just, ins they're bonkers and they're just hysterical. Yes. So Amazon actually called it out on Black Friday. They had on their homepage and they put a, a, a banner with funniest reviews and said like, hey guys, you're really funny. And they picked a bunch of the products and they spotlighted some of the most ridiculous reviews that are just hysterical. I figured I would just read a few of them. Those products must have gone completely off the shelves. Like that is the, a dream scenario for an Amazon seller. Could you imagine? <laughs> And we've covered these products, and they're just ridiculous. The products are ridiculous. Like there's the the Hutzler 571 banana slicer. You remember this thing? It's I don't like remember it, but yeah. It's the shape of a banana, and it has like crossbars. And you just put it on your banana, and it just slices your banana into like 20 little banana slices. Well, who the same thing you would do that? with a knife. Right, exactly. <laughs> 
So if you go to this product, just as an example, uh, it has over 7,000 ratings, four and a half stars, and their top positive review, here it is. No more winning for you, Mr. Banana. For decades, I've been trying to come up with an ideal way to slice a banana. Use a knife, they say. Well, my parole officer won't allow me to be around knives. <laughs> Shoot it with a gun. Background check, hello. I had to resort to carefully attempt to slice those bananas with my bare hands. And it goes on and on. It's ridiculous. Uh, also, there was the Three Wolf Moon t-shirt. We covered that one. This one has over 5,000 ratings. <laughs> and just one of the top reviews... The other reviews do not do this shirt justice. Neither will this, neither will this one. The majesty felt when putting this shirt on for the first time cannot be represented by words, thought, or even magic. <laughs> and it goes on and on. It's, it's insane. It's a, it's a shirt with three wolves howling at the moon. It's insane. One of them is for <laughs> one gallon of Tuscan whole milk. And here's one. And so, by the way, some of them on some of the products, it's the opposite, where they give it a bad rating. <laughs> they give it a bad rating for ridiculous reasons. So that's Tuscan milk. So here, this user gives it one star and writes, "I come here today to warn you about Tuscan milk. I was friends with Tuscan milk, aka TM, for a long time, and I'll always remember the good times. Frisbee golf in the park, watching horror movies. Those were our favorite activities. As we passed through our late teens and went to college." TM took off on a different path that would change our lives forever. And this person goes on and on and on, pages and pages long, this review. Why? Basically to say he's lactose intolerant. No, it's just ridiculousness. It's pure shtusim. But I'm these just are. saying what? Uh, it's an Amazon seller's dream. Yes. And where are these people? Who are they? Who are writing these reviews masterfully, no less? Masterfully, 100% masterfully. Like, and these people are hidden in the shadows. It, it's funny when they, when they, the products that they pick are just hysterical. Like here's another one. This, this is a book called How to Avoid Huge Ships, second edition. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's such a ridiculous. Well, the so book is kind of ridiculous unless you live in the Suez Canal. Right. It, it, it's just a ridiculous thing that this book exists. So this guy writes, be careful to get the latest edition. I don't want to be negative, <laughs> but none of the reviews I have read have addressed the fact that there are two editions. You want to make sure you buy the latest edition so you have the most up-to-date information. Do you want to get run over by a huge ship just because you neglected to buy the latest edition? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty yeah, good. good. Do you leave Amazon reviews, by the way? Like, are you I a do. reviewer? I do. I, I do. don't. I don't really do that. Like, unless like uh, like Alexa asks me, like, how would you rate it? I'll say either five stars or one star. There is no in between for me, though. Like, either it was an, a, a perfect experience and it's five stars, or it is a one because it was terrible and deserves for nobody to ever buy it again. I don't do in the middle. Like, if I yeah, had a, yeah, I'm, no, I'm with you on that. I agree. I agree. You know what I'm saying? It's, I don't know what warrants a five four or one. star yeah. or three. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to remove one star because I didn't like the packaging it came in. What? Who are you? How do you decide that that's worth a full star uh, uh, of deduction? Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I agree. But speaking of crazy products, by the way, I, I saw this wild one. Uh, a woman named Amber Waldeer, Waldeer invented something called the Ziplicity Bag. Okay? What is this thing? The Ziplicity Bag, you know when you, you're getting on a flight and you see people have their neck pillows 
Yes, I know those people. I I, I try to steer clear of them. You know what I'm saying? If you're bringing a pillow on a plane, you're probably not. We're not going to be friends, most likely. Okay, well, she created the Ziplicity bag. And what this is, is it's the pillow. It looks exactly like those pillows that you see, except it's a secret suitcase. You fill it up with your stuff and you don't have to check your bag. It's meant to save you money. So you fill it up with all your stuff and then you clip it onto your, because it's not considered another carry-on, right? Right. Well, how heavy could it be? Like how? I don't think they check. I can't Once you get through security, you're fine. Yeah, but I can't have the this thing hanging from my my from my waist if it weighs ten pounds, fifteen pounds. No, usually have it, people have it like clipped onto their bag, and it's just dangling off of their bag. So it's a way to circumvent the luggage restrictions, basically. Yes, yes, but it's a okay. little. I mean, it's a little insane. That's. I mean, you got to be really cheap. A real traveler. And and a cheap traveler at that. <laughs> if you, <laughs> But nobody wants to pay for the extra bag. I don't want to give out $25 because I have an extra bag. So you're going to use a fake pillow? <laughs> and it's totally legal. But it's it's a little ridiculous. So it looks like a neck pillow? Is that the size? It looks... I mean, take a look. Here's the picture. Okay, so I see the picture. And you, you actually like wear it on your neck through security, I guess. I mean, you can. Right. But right. but they want they're saying like you could even like let's say you stuff it with like uh, socks, underwear, right. undergarments. This is for socks and underwear by the way. And and probably you can it's probably actually an effective pillow. Yeah, you can right. actually use it as an effective pillow and keep some of your unmentionables in there. Cha-ching. Sale made. <laughs> <laughs> I have no trips coming up, so I'm not going to buy the Ziplicity bag, but I'm just saying it's not the worst idea I have ever heard. Okay, you've heard it here first, simplicity. And, uh, you know, once we start talking about air travel, you know, it's one of my favorite topics, of course. My, uh, one of my other favorite topics is the concept of Changlish. Uh, do you mean like the, uh, the, the Google Translate version of like when you get that product from China and it has the, the instructions in English? Yes. And it makes absolutely no <laughs> grammatic sense? Yes, grammatical sense, yes. Pardon me. <laughs> so, so a passenger who was flying on China Eastern Airlines posted a picture of his menu that he got on the flight. And this menu for the appetizer includes smoked pepper beef with vanilla shrimp, imported dog food with okra. Oh, so there's two ways that this could go. Like, I'm not sure if this is they're actually serving uh, a canine <laughs> to you. Are they serving you a canine? Oh, or, oh, or, oh, or, but no, or maybe it is just food for dogs that is now being served to you. Like maybe you're having puppy chow. Wow. I didn't even, you know, my brain didn't even go there. Yeah. Like maybe it is imported puppy chow. Like this is the fancy stuff. Like we're, we're not no, getting this. Or they're actually serving dog. That I never considered because what do you as mean? we know, I, I never yeah. thought of that. No, I, I thought mean, they... They, they accidentally translated dog food, and it wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be like, you know, steak. But you're saying... <laughs> well, how would that... Trans- like, even Google is better than, than that. Well, I'm saying I don't maybe think they that- were actually serving up dog. I mean, it's not like it's unheard of. I know. Right? I didn't think of that, but you're right. Yeah. But in the news happens to be these past, I believe it was a week ago, I think it was South Korea announced that they were putting into place a ban on dog you know, meat 
that's going to go into effect in five years. They want to start weaning the country off of dog. Wait a second. So, so, so you're saying that it's a regular occurrence there. Like yeah. people do eat dog meat. Yes. They have remember, farms. They, they have dog I re- farms. I remember seeing a raid on a dog farm where the, like the police came in and they saw all these dogs that were getting ready for slaughter. Yeah. And, and they were going to be served. And like they, they took the guy, they put him in jail. Like I just remember seeing that video somewhere in the recesses of my mind. And it wasn't in Asia because it's totally allowed there. Wow. I can't believe it. And it, it's, it's just interesting to me that we're in 2023 and, that, and this is a ban that's going to take place gradually over five years. Not only that, article came out yesterday in Time that the South Korean farmers, the South Korean dog farmers are threatening to release two million dogs into the country to protest the ban. Wait a second. So they're going to release their like cattle, so to speak. Yes, exactly. But what are they trying to show? Are they trying to show like we need to keep slaughtering dogs because there's too many? Look, look what would happen if we didn't curb the population of dogs. Is that what is that the? No, they're trying to say that dog meat is a part of our culture and everybody loves it. And you can't you can't do this. So if you want to do this, we're going to inundate the whole country with dogs. I just don't see how that's going to like convince the government. No, it's just a threat. Am, am I am I missing something? Like, how would that th- like? Imagine we decided we don't want to eat cows, and they just release cows everywhere. Yeah, that's exactly it's a what protest. the government wants. It's a protest. The government wants all the cows out there. No, but they don't want two million dogs. You know, stray dogs. Two million of them running around South Korea. Be a little mm. crazy. I hear you. Well, just for the record, uh, I'm in support of protecting man's best friend. Agreed. You know, we should not be eating. There's certain things that just shouldn't be food. Dogs should not be food. Absolutely agree. But um, speaking of airplanes, did you see the guy that jumped out of the plane? He jumped out of the emergency exit and right onto the wing, I think it was right before takeoff. Yes, in New Orleans. Yes, and there's actually a video. So there's a video. It doesn't show him going onto the wing, but it does show the emergency you know, service people coming to get him. He ended up in like a pickup truck on the tarmac and they come to detain him. And did you see that video? I saw it and and, and I saw the the because uh, again it's just from a passenger, right? From right from a window recording out of the out of the plane window. And you, you can't see that much. It's like it's pretty chaotic. Yeah, so it's I couldn't make sense of the video and in the video and we're gonna include it in the WhatsApp you see a guy running and then he takes a massive spill. He almost does like a somersault from how fast he's running and he falls. And it turns out that's not the guy. That's just one of the responders who was running to get him and he just takes this massive spill. And to me, that was more interesting than the the whole rest of the video. He he got a little overexcited uh, to apprehend the offender. But this takes place on, on Southwest Airlines, right? Yeah. And, you know, we hear a lot of these crazy stories and, you know, it's always on these budget airlines. Like if that's not a reason not to take the budget airlines, I don't know what is. Well, interesting you should say that because there's another story coming off of American Airlines. Oh, <laughs> so you're coming to <laughs> is that, disprove my yeah, theory. Is that, is that big enough for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, this, the, the theory is, is that, you know, the, the people that are not all there are want to go places for cheap okay well american airlines 
on a flight to Mexico City had to make a U-turn in midair. Why? Because there was a crack in the door and the, the personnel on the plane had to physically hold the door closed oh as they gosh. turned. Yeah, yes. So before you start trashing Southwest, this was American Airlines. Wait, so the door didn't fully close? Yep, this was a so flight how, leaving Los Angeles. But how were they in the air? How did they get I, like... I guess it must have been closed, right? And then as they took off, they noticed a crack and they noticed it start to open. And they went and two people had to go physically hold that door closed. I guess to maintain cabin pressure so that they could land safely. Everything was wow. fine. They landed safely, which is great news. But it's not just Southwest. But here's the thing. Why, like, I would imagine that they have sensors on, uh, on these doors. Like, you can't get on a tr train if it's not completely closed. Like, the train won't move if the doors are not closed. If you have a Tesla, you cannot drive the car while the door is open. How is this not something that a plane has built in? I don't have the answer, but I will tell you this. New fear unlocked. <laughs> yes. Every time you go to the bathroom now, you're just going to just just peek, take a peek at the door. Is that door. a crack? Is that a crack I'm seeing? <laughs> I feel some wind coming from the door. Are we sure this is closed? It's a little drafty right here. Sir, return to your seat. Well, hopefully all of our flights are going to be safe. And hopefully we're going to be doing an episode in Israel at some point, aren't we? I really want to do that. I really want to go. I, I, I do as well. We want to bring you Casey on the road in the Holy Land. Well, you can help us make that happen. Visit com and buy us a coffee. It's going to take more than one coffee, though. Like <laughs> <laughs> Buy a few coffees. Yeah, yeah. Don't be shy. 10, 20, They believe 30. you're in Starbucks, right? You don't spend $2 in Starbucks, right? It's not $2. It starts at 5 bucks. That's what a exactly. coffee is. Exactly. Right. Right, right, right. But even Starbucks, nobody spends $5, right? It always somehow yeah. ends up being $10. Somehow, somehow. Somehow. Also, if you want to check out the videos uh, that we speak about on each episode, join our WhatsApp group. You can find the link in our show notes or on our website at kiddishclubpodcast.com. Of course, you know you can find us on social media. We are on x.com. We are on Instagram. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a five-star rating. Thank you guys and Kiddish Club out. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.